worship a little something like this.
church. Thank God for another day. Amen. Amen. The scripture reading will come from Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Jonah chapter 3. And it reads, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. 
and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this message, sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Yes, Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Amen. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. 
has vomited him or spit him out on dry land, and God came to him a second chance. I'm going to read this uh, verse again. Um, Pastor Price led us in the morning. Just going to read down towards uh, this, the first few verses of this uh, third chapter to talk about repentance is a changed lifestyle. Listen to what the word of God says to us in the third chapter of Jonah. Verse one begins. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Verse three. This time. Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. I'm going to highlight some, some, some changing here. Notice the change here in chapter 3 from chapter 1. The Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. And verse 3 says, this time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command. So letting you know there's a contrast here. The first time, he did not do what God said. And he went through all those things we just went through in the first two chapters. But this time, he did what God has said. Repentance is a changed lifestyle. See, you can't say I changed, but you have not changed your actions. You haven't changed your behavior. You haven't changed your life. Jonah, we see the change in Jonah that one, that he did what God said. Now, the text does not tell us his impression or his feelings for Nineveh has changed. But the text tells us his behavior has changed. Am I helping somebody today? See, sometimes we want change to happen in a magical way that everything changes. But sometimes the change only begins with you. That you have to change your response. You have to change your reactions. You have to change what you do in order to get the change that you want to see. Y'all might have been familiar with the saying, right? Fake it until you make it. The problem with about fake it till you make it is that you got to choose to fake it. Because if you don't want to fake it, you won't make it. Y'all don't hear me? See, you have to choose on what you're going to do. You have to make up your mind in the midst of when things are uncomfortable, when the things are not as pleasing as they are, will you still push and do what is right? We have to convict, convict ourselves of what we want to do. Here's the thing. We know how we try to make people be apologetic as children. I've been there before. Children fighting on the playground. You grab one by one arm, by one arm. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. They said it, but in their hearts they were like, you know, I'm gonna get you. Soon as the teacher walk away, I'm, I'm gonna get you again, right? You know what they, they said, I, but they didn't mean it. But they said, this is what I gotta say for you to let me go and let me go back to play. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They don't even look at each other, but they say it and they go back. What I want to point out here is just that oftentimes we gotta first say it. Y'all don't hear me? See, you got to say it in order to move in that direction because you have already have told yourself that I am not sorry. But once you said I am sorry, your brain starts saying, all right, well, let's release that. Let me help you out. 
See, your body language and your facial expressions send signals to our brains to let us know how we are feeling. And so if you put a smile on your face, though you may be sad, your brain starts thinking, well, maybe we're happy, and it starts sending happy hormones to your body. Y'all don't hear me? See, you, you can fool your brain. If you don't believe me, think about how people believe misinformation. They know it's false. It does not make sense. But they have convinced themselves to believe it, that it's going to take some, uh, some contrasting truth to awaken them up to realize, like, oh, I was wrong. So here it is that God is sending a message to Nineveh. And God has sent a message to Jonah to let you know when you are wrong, how you got to wake up and realize I'm wrong. Jonah was wrong the first time. Now we see God the second time. What I like about this, New Living Translation points out says a second time. One thing I want to highlight here that maybe for your own uh, Bible life translation, you know, when you have your name written in the text, God came to you not a second time, not a third time, not even the fifth time, but maybe the thousandth time. <laughs> and then it said, and then the text says, and then I did <laughs> what God said. Oh, y'all been saved all your life. I'm sorry. I ain't been saved all my life. And so there's been some times in my life that God had to keep on giving me the same message over and over again. But I'm so grateful that he has not given up on me. Oh, I got a few amen, so y'all know what I'm talking. All right, all right, all right. And so when we understand that when God comes to us, he's given us another chance. Tell somebody that's grace. For us to get it right this time. Hallelujah. So thank God that he may forgiven us the last time and he's given us another time. Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage us that we can turn our life around and turn to God with our brokenness, with our pain, even with our anger and our animosity and say, God, change my heart as I change my life. Mm. Let me help you out here. See, you want to change your behavior. And that's a reflection of what's being changed on the inside. But yet sometimes we got to put it on the outside in order to get a change on the inside. See, now Jonah responds to God's message. But notice that Jonah does not say he cares for Nineveh. It just says he did what God said. I want to highlight somebody. somebody. Sometimes we got to do stuff we don't like. But yet God has called us to do some things that might be difficult, that might be hard for us, that may be difficult for us. But yet, in the essence, God never asks to do anything that is bad because he is good. Just because you don't want to do it does not make it bad. It makes you bad because God is good. And so once again, Jonah running from God was a wrong decision. So therefore, what did he suffer? Storms? <laughs> Drowning? being swallowed by a fish simply because he went in the wrong direction instead of the right direction. Remember we talked about as we're walking through Jonah that some of us are going through some issues in our lives simply because we made wrong decisions. And then we want to blame God for our decisions when God has already given you where you should go. That's why, like it says, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Notice here the blessing of obedience. In chapter 3, there is no storms. <laughs> in chapter 3, Jonah is not struggling for his life, drowning and walking. In chapter 3, he's not in the belly of a fish. Matter of fact, 
he's back in what he knows on dry land. He's not a fisherman. He's not a sailman. But he's in his own territory now. He's in a place of being comfortable now. Say, I know sand. <laughs> I know dirt. I know this terrain. Now, I'm good here. And also here, again, what we highlight about Jonah is that Jonah's actions, again, impacts those around him. We haven't got to it yet, but he's going to preach a message. But yet we know how his disobedience caused the sailors to go through a storm. But also those sailors came to know God because Jonah let them know who I serve. And who I serve is the reason why y'all going through because I am running from him. They're like, why in the world would you do that? <laughs> and so they had more understanding. They had more reverence for God at that time while Jonah in his anger and his animosity had decided that I am not going to do what God's called me to do. And so therefore God had to chastise him some more through water and through the belly of a fish. Again, we sometimes believe that only our actions impact us, but that's in our cloudiness and our, our darkness that we realize that, no, what we do will impact others. And so here it is. Jonah is impacted now by God to go and preach a word. Verse 4. Y'all with me in Jonah, third chapter? On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believe God's message, and from the greatness to from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. Remember, we talked about how we gotta fake it until we make it. What I want to highlight here is that they put on burlap and sackcloth. Now, here it is that the king decrees for them to do this, and so I can imagine. That everybody was not in agreement with this. Why I'm going to take off my comfortable clothes and put on some uncomfortable clothes? Why am I going to stop eating and enjoying life? Because you said stop eating and enjoying life. But yet also they understood that they could not disobey the king's order, so they did it anyway. But their heart was not in it. But what's happening here is that the king said, hey, if they're not going to change, i got to force them to change. Y'all don't hear me. And so he understood that if they did not understand this message, I understand this message. And I want my city to take this time to repent. Your beliefs, your convictions lead to your behavior. When you believe something, you will do it with better conviction, with better effort. Uh, think about how many of us learn how to ride a bike. The first time you ride that bike, you're not very convinced. So you're wobbly and shaking, you fall down. But once you get convicted, next thing you know, you're doing Papa Willie's. You ride it with no hands. You're doing tricks and stuff like that because you have more conviction that I'm not going to fall when I'm on this bike. But when you are not convinced that you're not going to fall, you keep your feet down. You don't drive real slow. You slow down, you brake every time. And so it's the beautiful thing about when we are convinced how we do beyond things we thought was even possible. Another way how we know we're convinced about things is that when we go swinging, some people go, go jumping on ropes and swing on threes, and they know that tree, that limb's going to hold them up. They got no, no worry about how they're going to jump off something, to jump on a rope and swing and jump into the wall because they are convinced that it's going to hold my weight and it's not going to break and I won't 
get injured. Here's the beautiful thing about what we believe stuff. And even we believe some things that are not even true, we still have strong conviction. Even things that, that may even let us down, we still have belief in them and they let us down still. One of my favorite things to use an example about how we have belief in things that will let us down is a vending machine. You're hungry, you're thirsty, you believe that this machine is going to give you exactly what you request. You put the required money in, you push desired buttons, and next thing you know, it doesn't come out. The machine had nothing to do with your belief. Your belief, believe that it's going to work, but the machine's like, <laughs> not working today. And so what I highlight here is that oftentimes we want to blame other things, but yet the thing is that our belief is great. But what happens is that the, the content or the subject of our belief will let us down. Do you believe in God? Jonah believed in God. Jonah believed in God so much that he understood that if God wants me to go preach this message, that I believe, God, that you will have mercy on them. You will have grace on them. And I don't want them to have mercy. I don't want them to have grace. So I won't go where you ask me to go. The king believed in God. Well, if God's going to do this, I also heard that God's a merciful God. A gracious God. So maybe if we change our behavior, God might not punish us as we deserve. Y'all see how it's going there? That your belief is going to lead to your change of lifestyle. What we believe about God should call, uh, call us to change. Notice that it gives kind of a summary of the message that Jonah preached. Kind of verse 9 kind of gives a little bit more content of this message he was preaching. The Lord isn't really being slow. I'm sorry, let me highlight a, a chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. And I'm going to go back to what I was reading there. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals, from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Verse 9, who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. What I want to highlight here about what we know about our God. Second Peter 3 and 9 says this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Mm. The city of Nineveh is experiencing this grace that God does not want to destroy them, but he wants them to repent. Think about how much he wants them to repent that he allowed Jonah to run on a boat and go in the wrong direction, be thrown into a storm, be thrown overboard into water, swallowed by a pointed fish, to be in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, to be vomited back up on land for God to come to him a second time and give him the same message that he ought to go preach to Nineveh. That's a gracious God. Because God is already ready to judge Nineveh. But here's the just of God. He gave them due process. <laughs> he could have said, all right, well, Jody not going to go. Well, they're just going to get punished. No, nope. he says they got a right mm, 
to change their mind. They got a right to receive this message that I have declared for them. Here's the beautiful thing about our God, that he is the best debater we ever had. He gave a, per, a persuasive speech, a selling point, so much that the king says, you know what? I got to give out my throne, tear off my good royal clothes, and put on some, some unfine, refined burlap and sit in ashes. Well, I could be sitting in my throne, but I'm going to sit in ashes for how long? For 40 days. Because I need all the time that God has given us to get it right. Matter of fact, we can't not just sit here, but not only are we going to fast, our animals are going to fast. Y'all see what he said, right? Not any of our animals. We all are going to mourn. And so what's happening right on the outside, they are expressing what's going on on the inside. Lord, we've been wrong for what we have been doing. The content of this message, right, from our evil and specifically our violence. The text points out to us. Again, how God was not happy with their violence. In Jonah 1, right, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against you because I have seen how wicked his people are. And Jonah was like, mm -mm, they wicked. You're right. Publish them. Don't let me be a part of them getting grace and mercy. But yet the king now receives his message and is arrested. Here's a beautiful thing about when we are com confronted with truth that is going to basically run abrasive to what we already believe to be true. We have this reckoning on what are we going to believe. Now that we know better, what we do better. Now that you know this is the result, will I change my action? Will I change my behavior? Here we see that. Jonah speaking this message, the king received this message and he put it on to the people and said, hey, I believe this message and I believe we need to change. I believe that I, our God, that God might show us grace and mercy. Now, here's a beautiful thing, that this is not the God they serve. These are not Israelites. Y'all hear These are not children of Abraham. But here to show you that God is the God of all people, that God desires all to be saved, that he chose Jonah to go and tell them this message about the true living God. This is encouraging to us to realize that our God is still paying attention. And so when we are upset with what's happening in the world around us, we can turn to our God and say, God, I know you see about the wars and the rumors of wars and the famines and the violence that is happening. And then we, we might know missionaries. We may know people that are going out proclaiming this message. And we, can, and we can be able to be a blessing to them and also pray for them and encourage them and also support our local ministry. Realize that there's issues that we need to proclaim this gospel message for lives to be changed. And once we are confronted with this truth where we acknowledge our sin, notice the king acknowledges their sin. He acknowledges that we've been wicked, we've been violent. Notice that he announced his sin. I want you to highlight this. Sometimes people try to tell you, but you know what you did wrong. <laughs> you know what you're dealing with, and that's what you need to go and to confess to God. Say, Lord, I have been guilty of this. And I want my heart to be changed. And I want to change my life, change my life so that I will bring glory and honor unto you. That means we must turn from our evil ways and stop. You understand the word stop, right? Means you're no longer doing it. 
See, we cannot say we live for Christ, but we keep on living for ourselves. Something has to line up showing us that we're behind him. And to be in line behind Christ, he says, you are not worthy to be my disciple. You don't deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow after me. So how can I know the way, the truth and the life if I'm not following the way, the truth and the life? How can I say the Lord is my shepherd when I'm not following his flock? So we must humble ourselves. We must remove whatever status we think we have and become humble before our God. Notice again, the change of behavior looks looks to a change of heart. To dress yourself into burlap and to sit in heat of ashes. We don't necessarily have that in our in our culture, right? But yet we see people dress in black. So a sign of mourning or a sign of grief. And then also we may know some people that may be fasting, but sometimes people are not fasting for repentance. But yet we try to initiate that in our time of Lent with the 40 days of fasting, of, of repenting and remorse, realizing that Christ died on the cross for our sins. Here it is that they are fasting because they want to remove themselves from pleasure and joy and also make themselves feel the grief and the pain that they cause God. The king knows they must change, and he's looking and depending on God's mercy. Just as we read in 2 Peter 3 and 9, and just as Jonah says in chapter 4, that we know that God is slow to get angry and abound in love. He does not want anyone to perish. That's why in verse 9 and 10, he says, who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Verse 10 says, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. God ceased being angry and shows his mercy. God's grace gave them time to get in the right position to receive God's mercy. God saw the fruit of their repentance. Fruit and keeping and repentance is a changed lifestyle. He said he saw them stop what they were doing. See, God is not going to be mocked. We can't fool God when we can fool other people. We can give people lip service, but God knows your heart service. He knows who you truly desire and who you serve in your heart. You can give everybody else verbosal messages and make them think something, but God already knows what you're really going to do. And so let us think about the goodness of our God as Psalm 103 verses 1 through 4 reminds us. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. And heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. So I want to encourage you to realize that you don't have to stay in the condition that you're in. That God can heal you and restore you with his love, his grace, and his mercy. 
God forgives all our sins. I encourage you to understand that there's nothing you have done that will make God stop loving you. Because God is love. God forever love. His love never fails. Matter of fact, we've seen how his love was so strong that Jonah realized that I gotta preach it because God's love has commanded me to preach this message to people I don't like. Here's the situation. We may not like what God calls us to do, but we gotta do it anyway. See, we don't, if we want to live like the world, the world lives on emotion. Because I feel like it, I do. That's why we seeing people not getting justice, because they don't feel like giving justice to this person. But notice God did not just go because Jonah tried to persuade him to do one thing. Jonah's like, God, like, no, I got my way. You got to preach this message. And then, and notice what happened. Even the king understood that if I repent, if I change my life, I believe that God will have mercy and not punish. That's why we get excited. And Romans says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Which means is that I deserve death. But God will relent my punishment, will relent my condemnation because I have confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And catch this, my life reflects what I have confessed. See, we got to walk it out when we talk about it. The enemy is going to try to try us. The enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy tries to get us to doubt what God has given us. And I believe in who he is. But yet when we believe in his message, we convince, our, we convince ourselves that we change our lives. Check this out. If I can convince myself to smile every day, even though I might be having a bad day, but I can smile every day. Next thing you know, people say, why is this person always cheerful? And you take it yourself. I'm not cheerful, but you're smiling every day. Pretty soon you're going to have a cheerful outcome because your brain starts realizing, like, well, you're always smiling. So you'll have a cheerful attitude. Here's a beautiful thing. Then you're releasing stress in your life because you walk around with a scowl and anger. You will increase that stressfulness. Your brain is going to induce it like you're angry, you're upset. But if you can make yourself feel happy, your body reacts to that. It's a beautiful thing how we can train. You know, your brain is a muscle. So you can train like any other muscle. The more work you give to, the better it's going to get. And so when we increase ourselves of worshiping our God, spending time with our God, blessing him, and we can change our sadness into gladness, he will give us joy, unspeakable joy. He'll give us peace that transcends our, transcends our mind and understanding, that we will understand that our God will keep us in perfect peace. Those that keep their minds stay on him. That's why when we people are going through trials and tribulations, those who are staying focused on the Lord are able to encourage them in a moment of their doubt, in a moment of their weakness, to turn back to their God. And so I want to encourage you to turn to God now and keep on, as we talked about last week, remembering him each and every day of your life, knowing that God will never forget, uh, forsake you. God has not forgotten you, but he knows you, and he calls you his own. So choose to change. And if you got to fake until you make it, do so. But yet, I encourage you that God's word, it'll pierce your heart. And when that conviction comes, don't fight it. But just say, Lord, I'm sorry. 
and turn from whatever it is you need to turn from. You know what it is. You know what God is calling you to do. And choose to show that transformation. Choose to show your submission to his will. And turn to God. And beautiful thing is this, that God is already there. We found out in when Jonah prayed, he tried to run from God. But yet God heard him because he was never far from God. Though we feel far from God because of our sin, because of our own issues, God is not far from us. All we got to do is just turn back to him and see that he's always been there. Hallelujah. But it's your choice. God gives us choice. And he provides his grace so that we might know his mercy and know his love. That we can recite the psalm and say, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He saved me. He set me free. He rescued me from the clusters of hell. That I might know a place over in glory. Through his only begotten son. And he forgives all my sins. And heals all my diseases. And because of him we know life. And life more abundantly. But the choice is yours. Repentance is a changed lifestyle. So will you change. Let us pray. God we are grateful. That you have never given up on us. That you love us unconditionally. And that perfect love casts out all fear. So we boldly come before you, God, with our sin, with our shame, with our guilt. Knowing, Lord, we are not perfect, but by your grace and your mercy, we've made it this far. We thank you for the redemption we have through the blood of our Lord and Savior, your precious Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to show the fruit of repentance in our lives. That when others see us, Lord, they see you moving in us, working in us and working through us. Thank you, God, that we, you who has begun a good work will complete it until the coming of our Lord and Savior. And Lord, I pray there might be someone who does not know Jesus. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Christ died on the cross for the sins and rose from the grave on the third day. And to see that the right hand of your, of your power and majesty. And Father, Lord, I pray that they can find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church to disciple them, to grow them, so that they can continue to grow to be the awesome child of God you call them to be. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your power. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us in our time of worship today and also uh, as we prepare to conclude our, our, our live stream, but also encourage you to be able to give online as we prepare to give our offering here. You can download Zion's app through our website, www.zionpcpeoria.com, or also on the SG Desert I. You can text again. Thank you. God bless you. May he keep you. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I, until we meet again.